Hey, this is Ben Peterson with Bench. I wanted to remind you about our semi-annual Maker Fair, Made, coming up on Saturday, May 26th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Midco Supply Warehouse at 1141 North 11th Street in North Downtown Omaha. This event will feature over 50 of the Midwest's finest makers, including all of the makers we've featured on Build Things Better to date. Cake or pie? had a bomb dolce de leche cake it was so good i'm gonna go cake all right and mm. we got cake yeah i'm more of a savory kind of guy but maybe angel food cake Thanks for listening to Build Things Better. I'm Ben Peterson. And I'm Zach Reinhardt. And we're here with Josh and Nick from Material. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to be here. Where did the name Material come from? Oh, gosh. Through a, a lot of online collaboration, really. When, when we were thinking of the name, I was uh, still living in Oregon and uh, just kind of chatting with Josh over the internet as we set up our business plan and the direction for the company and we're throwing all sorts of names out there and reasons for them. And, and it, it seemed to be that, that a big component of our business was going to be the material that we chose to work with. And we wanted to, to work with very clean, very effectively, uh, efficiently sourced material, FSC certified woods made with glue without formaldehyde and stuff. And so we, it, it was like material brought back to its to its roots to its basic most fundamental form so we also just removed all the vowels and just stripped it right down um we were working with stripped down just clean material and the name needed to reflect that we thought yeah so if people are looking for you it's mtrl mm -hmm. Our web address is mtrldsgn.com so you yeah. just said no vowels you no said, vowels Screw them. we're not going to have vowels more efficient Anti-vowel. <laughs> I've, I've kind of got this philosophy where I don't fight battles I can't win. You know, I'm not ever going to cut my, my shrubs into a cube. They're right. not going to stay a cube. They want to be a shrub. Sure. I, you know, I, I, can, I can stand shaving maybe once every two weeks, but I'm never going to win that battle. So I can't do it every day. I can't fight that fight every morning. That's a good justification. <laughs> so, Nick, you mentioned that you guys sort of started the company um, – before, while you were still living in Oregon, how did you guys meet and, and come up with the idea to start Material? Oh, we, we've been friends for a long time, uh, going on 20 years now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we met before Nick moved to Oregon, so um, at Iowa Western. Mm -hmm. Yep, so we met at a community college in Iowa, um, and we played in bands together um yeah so i don't know we had a lot of things in common technology music um and always kept in touch when when nick moved out to oregon i went out to visit him a couple times and and yeah so um when nick came up with the idea to buy a laser <laughs> he was like hey hey josh let's buy a laser <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and who says no to that right. right and that's what i've always said i mean who says no to that i mean <laughs> So I was still here in Omaha. Um, yeah, just kind of 
creating art and being in the creative scene. And I think Nick saw that there was a lot of cool things going on in, in Omaha. And, mm-hmm. um, so kind of prompted his trip back. Yeah, every time I came back to visit family, it was, it was just really inspiring to see how much was going on, how much the city would change, and and new studios popping up, new events going on, or, or you know, uh, Josh's Science Fair event, just a huge art event, just involves so many local creators, and and I don't know, I mean, you, you see that to, to some degree in Portland, of course, it's a very creative city, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a little more of a cutthroat creative city, you know, sure. I mean, love the town nothing bad to to say about it but there was just a really wide open window here in omaha you know for for somebody to uh, try and make their own way so so when was that when did you guys get started Uh, 2012 uh november 2012 Mm -hmm. when we uh when we started um the idea was to design a line of of products made out of eco-friendly material that could be flat packed and shipped anywhere um, kind of produced on demand with a laser, so we uh, spent spent some time designing, um, you know, a, a dining table, a coffee table, chairs. Um, we even did uh, cutting boards, some smaller items. Um, we did a really high end um, vinyl turntable cabinet, um, and um, and put all those products up on a on an Indiegogo campaign with the goal to locally source our bamboo. You know, we were ordering, the bamboo that we found was FSC certified and formaldehyde free, made with soy glue, but it was still coming from China. And that was, that was a bit of a problem. 8,000 miles of freight shipping is an eco-friendly. <clears throat> so we uh, decided to see whether or not it was even viable to grow bamboo in Omaha, timber species of bamboo. Um, the summers in the Midwest weren't really the problem. It was the winters that were the tricky part. Bamboo doesn't like cold breeze, <laughs> and uh, Omaha has that in spades when it comes to winter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we uh, we did buy um, two each of four different species of bamboo plants, timber species bamboo plants, and even tried to protect them from the from the winter breeze with a a, a clear greenhouse out in our oh, out, wow. just outside of our dock. Unfortunately, it was still too cold, and all the plants died. So that it, our Indiegogo campaign was to test whether or not this was viable, and I feel like that was successful because we learned it's not viable. You know? <laughs> yeah. so it's just not able to do that. I think you'd, um, you'd need a warehouse with really tall ceilings um, with temperature-controlled. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, sure. Full growing gardening growing operation. You're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the bigger problems with bamboo too is how tall it gets. You know, the the species that we get, one of them was was uh, estimated to grow up to like sixty feet tall. <laughs> you know, um, one of the smaller ones was supposed to top out at you know between twenty and thirty. That, I think that was the small one. Um, the other ones were kind of in between there, forty, sixty feet tall. But it, for it to be a timber species of bamboo, where the culms really bulk up and uh, girth up and, and get enough substance where you can turn it into lumber, um, they have to grow to a, pretty crazy height <laughs> and you have tall ceilings at the mastercraft but not that tall. not that tall <laughs> yeah i think um when the whole bamboo idea i don't know if it died out we kind of got sidetracked or we got di- mm-hmm. we got distracted i guess like um because right right after the indiegogo campaign um we started getting contacted by you know architects and interior designers you know because they're like hey you guys have this laser um we have constant 
opportunities for custom work. Um, so then we, you know, we immediately started getting contacted for custom custom work. Um, so the the idea to have a product driven business became quickly business to business, um, and we spent the next uh, two or three years doing that, um, creating a lot of uh, custom things for interiors, exteriors. A lot of signage. Yeah, um, and just really kind of cool treatments, interior treatments. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was, that, that was really fun. It's, it's cool to create something kind of unique and, and, and interesting for a, a new building um, and go into that space and be like, hey, yeah, I'd like helped out with that project. But uh, I think after a while we were like, Wait a second! Didn't didn't we start this business to to create our own products, like to design our <laughs> own kind of design our own things, and sure. and we got kind of caught up like executing other people's designs, and and we realized that we wanted to get back to, um, I'm doing our own thing and getting back to the product side of things. So, I th- I'd say within the last year we've been really kind of, um, we're still doing a lot of custom B two B business. Um, but we're really focusing hard on the product again. Mm-hmm. So what's that product look like? Still uh, still environmentally friendly. Um, not using as much bamboo anymore, but uh, we're working with a lot of cardboard. And we, we get it from just about a mile from our shop, from Omaha Box Company. Yeah. We get some post-consumer recycled content. It's recyclable at the end of its life if, if it needs to be recycled. Um, but we're turning cardboard into all sorts of functional uh, home and office items. Uh, sound control, space division, um, just a, a interesting deconstructed vase concept. Um, a, a shelf made out of cardboard that is just surprisingly strong um, and has a has a wood grain air to it, but doesn't have wood grain. You know, it's um, go to the website to see a picture. Really cool texture. <laughs> so what's the each of you, what's your favorite product that you guys are working on right now? Oh man, I'm I'm a sound geek myself. I, I love our. Uh, I see a lot of potential in our uh, cardboard sound controller. We're, we're calling it Surface, just S R F C. Yeah, you know how we do. Vowels are useless. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. useless. Save so much time on the keyboard. <laughs> Printing cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm really excited about that one. We had it uh, had its performance tested at uh, Riverbank Audio Labs in Chicago. We got our NRC and SAA ratings. It performs really well, right along the same lines as the Orlex Studio Foam. Um, we had the, the burn rating tested too at uh, Underwriter Labs. So we figured out how fast this stuff burns with our uh, flame retardant and how much smoke it lets off. Um, it's not fully UL listed, but we've got the data now. Uh, we've got a patent on the product pending too, so we filed a patent with the with the U.S. Patent Office. Got our pending documents back, and right now we're waiting on inspection from a patent examiner. Cool. Are you so. selling that sort of in the, well, you know, like one square foot section, sort of like they do with foam, or yeah, four larger? square foot, two four, by two foot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Josh? What's your favorite project or product? Yeah. Um, so, although I also love Surface, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm not so much of an audiophile, but I, I'm more as of an aesthetic kind of person. I love uh, really unique like home items. Um, I'm always like searching the web for like the coolest kind of I don't know just desktop home stuff. Um, and so I right now out of the stuff that we have, like I really like the shelf and I really like the vase. Mm. I think they're just um, unlike 
anything out there. Do you guys split the design load, or who does most of the design? No, man. It's kind of a case-by-case thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on what it is. I mean, some things I feel like, like... We know each other's style pretty well. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty technical guy, so if something really needs to be figured out and precise and fit well, it, I guess it's me, or, or Chris, I guess, our industrial designer, but... For more high concept, tell a story, visual impact, like that's Josh's realm. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm a little more abstract, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but we collaborate on just about every project, you know, in one way or the other. If it's just sharing ideas or getting into software and making some some changes, but um, yeah, I, I that's a hard one to answer. <laughs> that's fair. I actually didn't know, like, I didn't know. We, we run our lasers straight through Adobe Illustrator. Um, so I didn't know Illustrator at all when we first started. And I had to learn it, obviously, to run our lasers. So, um, but now I, I'd say I'm still, I'm, I'm still asking Nick for, like, tips and tricks. But I can, I can run it pretty well. But yeah. Nick is definitely the, the Illustrator guru. So, guys, we like to ask our uh, guests uh, what is the f- your favorite tool that you work with? And because we know that material design is based around Helga the laser, we're going to say, what is your favorite tool other than the laser? And can I jump in real quick? Go for it. And this is going to sound dumb, but I'm going to have to say the orbital sander <laughs> because, because when we laser stuff, um, which is my first tool <laughs> of choice, um, it comes out smoky. And unless you're dealing with Western wear or <laughs> or, any, or anything like that that you want to have a, a smoky flare to, um, you're going to want to sand it because your design's going to look a lot more crisp and clean and just way better. Yes. So um, not to dog people out there, but we see a lot of the stuff in the, in the laser industry, um, things out there for sale, and it's and they're not sanded, and it. It could look so much better. So, so much better. One um, little step. Sand it. Um, yeah, not to be jerks, but on our resource page, we are going to have tips on how to sand your laser work <laughs> um, because it will because it will it will look way better. Way it better. will. So it'll nice. just it'll bring every laser up. Orbital sander. Perfect. Nick, what about you? Yeah, I, I was I was real similar. I was going to say the sanding table. <laughs> <laughs> The downdraft table. You so know, you like to breathe. Yeah, I like to breathe, you know? Yeah. But no, we, we do. We sand so much stuff. That's almost every project we touch, you know, hits the sander or the sanding table at some point. Um, but having a nice downdraft table with a grippy surface so your stuff doesn't skate around on you and, and it just pulls all the dust right down away from your face, like that's an invaluable thing to have uh, with what we do. Yeah. What about metal? Do you guys work with metal? Yeah, we do work with metal in, in, in a variety of ways. We, either, we can't really cut metal, but we can do a permanent engraving on metal. Um, yeah, we did a really cool project a few years ago for um, the Destiny video game launch where we did a two-pass engraving on anodized aluminum. Um, these anodized aluminum uh, plates that we engraved kind of a background graphic on. And then we did another, we call it a fusion engraving process on. We spray a, a, a formula across the metal and the laser engraves across that formula and it fuses the material to the metal. So it won't flake off, won't chip off or peel off or anything. It's, it just bonds with the metal permanently. Um, so that, was, that was a fun one. Anodized aluminum under the lasers. Really, really a cool look. Um, but yeah, we've worked with stainless steel and uh, copper. Shoot, a couple other... 
smaller jewelry projects. I think we can do the fusion stuff on sterling silver. Um, Speaking of stainless steel, we've got a piece of black stainless steel sitting here in front of us that you brought over yeah. uh, that proves you can engrave on metal. Uh, <laughs> is this a product we're going to see on the website? You will. Yeah, that, that one's on the website right now. And um, What is it? It's a bottle opener. It's a... You will open bottles confidently with this opener. It's a <laughs> it looks like it's a it's like three sixteenths thick stainless it is. steel or something. It, it is three sixteenths stainless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the design is super sort of modern and minimal, uh, but it will not break. No. It, if the bottle's really stuck, you could just crack the neck of the yes. bottle off. Totally. <laughs> yep. Just self defense. Even. I mean, <laughs> keep it in your back pocket. You never know. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Where can people find you online? Our website's mtrldsgn.com. Um, you can find us on uh, uh, facebook.com slash mtrldsgn, uh, instagram.com, uh, mtrldsgn, and uh, twitter.com slash mtrldsgn. Well, we've had a lot of fun talking with Josh and Nick from Material Design. Thanks, guys, for coming out. Thanks yes, for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Build Things Better. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to get notified when each new episode drops. You can find us online at benchomaha.com slash podcasts and on Instagram at buildthingsbetter. Our intro music was written and performed by Leslie Wells for Flyover Country. That's the material way. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we got that. We're good.